Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Fantastic guest coming up to preview Bears Vikings in just a moment. First, got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. And look, we all know it. Football is back. BetOnline, it's your number one information source for all your sports wagering with all the up-to-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns for the NFL and college football. It is all at your fingertips from week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl. BetOnline gives you the access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. So what are you waiting for? Head on your mobile device right now and sign up. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. That's right. Only when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the show. Uh, the Chicago Bears, they got a win on the board, so why not? Let's bring back a fantastic returning guest to talk about it. Uh, he hosts Mully and Haw on your morning drive every single day on 670 The Score. You can listen to him uh, take the North podcast, which I've been doing off my Odyssey app or reading his fantastic postgame articles off of Odyssey, too, as well. Uh, it's David Haw. Welcome, David. How are you? Doing well, Joey. How are you? Coming off a big Bears victory, you got to be pleased. Um, yeah, that's that's my that's my lead question, David. Um, you know, sometimes when you don't win for 340 something days, um, not a, not only does it feel good, but optimism reigns in Chicago. Which, look, I'm I'm here for it. But uh, as we spin it forward right now to Bears Vikings this weekend, um, how much of that optimism do you share with this Bears team that honestly has been very Jekyll and Hyde so far this season? Well, everything's relative, I think. And so when you haven't won in 346 days and you put together a game like they did in Washington against the Commanders, I think it's it's right to feel better about everything. Everything seems a little less bleak. Uh, every every job seems a little more secure uh, in the case of the, the head coach. I, I think, though, it, it's a tricky balance to strike, though, because, you know, being in Chicago as long as I have, I mean, I understood the absurdity of the question earlier this week and on the Mullen Haw Show when I asked one of our guests about the Bears becoming overconfident because it is Chicago and it is just one victory, but it was convincing. And the Vikings come into Soldier Field on Sunday, also one and four. And so they're struggling. And you, I have seen before, it's not so much about a team's ability to handle adversity because we've seen a lot of real tough minded teams who weren't very talented, but had a lot of resolve at Hallis Hall and come through Chicago but the Bears, and typically a lot of teams in Chicago overall, don't always handle success well. Because when we get a taste <laughs> of it, uh, and maybe just a sip of it in Chicago, we become a little drunk with it. And I think sometimes you wonder about the overconfidence factor, as crazy as that sounds, factoring in to Sunday's preparation, and, and hopefully for the Bears' sake, not the outcome. I'm a vulner, I'm a vulnerable Chicago human. I'm I'm in the same boat, right? We go 0 and three, and all of a sudden I'm counting up victories, right? We've got this week. We've got the Vegas Raiders coming afterwards. But but David, I, the thing that I wanted to drill in specifically when we talk about Maddie Brafluson and, and more specifically Justin Fields, um, I think a big theme of this season has been um, adjustments. How do they adjust, and do they adjust quick enough at the pace of an NFL style? So when we talk a little bit more about Jekyll and Hyde and Justin Fields these last two weeks. I mean, David, you've seen enough football to know that there has to be another adjustment coming from the NFL. Do you have faith in either the quarterback or this coaching staff right now to be on that, to be maybe a step ahead like some of the great coaches in this league? Um, because it's something that I feel like that the Chicago Bears have struggled with. 
I think that's fair. Uh, they have struggled with it so, somewhat. I think there are two different answers. In one regards, uh, Matt Eberflus, I, I don't know how much adjusting somebody as set in his ways as Matt Eberflus is going to be in terms of like schematic you know, changes on defense. He's calling the defenses. These are a little more aggressive. They're maybe blitzing a little bit more often. But I think what, what the bigger impact will come, and, and, and I should say about the coaching, all coaches are going to have some gradual adjustments, maybe some minor adjustments they make throughout the course of any season. I think the bigger jump or bounce that you want to see or will, will have a bigger impact on this season is the growth of Justin Fields, which we have begun to see. I think that the, we could possibly look back at a flashpoint when Justin Fields had what I referred to on the radio as, as kind of a public cry for help when he talked about coaching being part of the reason that things weren't going as well as they should have been. This was several weeks ago now, created a lot of a controversy. Um, a lot of my media brethren were accused of taking things out of context. Uh, and that's never happened before. But I think that what happened <laughs> as a result is that, you know, he, he was right and he was robotic. And, that, and I think the coaches, even though they never would admit it, Luke Getze especially, I think they responded to that public cry for help. And maybe there was a private one as well. All I know is that since that point, Justin Fields has been more fluid. He has been less robotic. The pocket has moved. There's been more motion pre-snap. There's been more misdirection after the play. You're reducing the field and limiting how much he has to read in real time. So what I think's happened too is that as a result of all those things, he's also been more emboldened to throw the football to their best player, and that's DJ Moore. So you combine all those things and you thinking less, reacting more, you're getting a quarterback who's beginning to take that next step, regardless of how how much the the head coach might be evolving or not evolving. Having said that, David, I, I would love to hear perspective on now, I don't know if this is an answer. Maybe this is more of uh, what you think is possible for the success of the team. When we talk about that relationship between the offensive coordinator and the quarterback, when we talk about the relationship of a quarterback that, with the general manager and the team, you know, we've heard in the past that, you know, whether Ryan, whether Justin Fields sits in on some of these interviews in the past of who we're going to bring in coaching wise, um, it has been a little bit more of a prove it to Justin Fields more than anything else. So now that we're at the point now where, Maybe we have seen a moment where what Justin Fields has asked for, the coaching staff has responded to. What do you think that balance is in the room and how much you know sway or how much power or pull do you think Justin Fields has in that room right now for a player who, let's be honest, still has a lot to prove? I hope he doesn't have any really sway in terms of who's calling the plays and and, and if you're talking about, you know, maybe moving forward. And, and I should say what I mean by that is the front office and what the quarterback, what any player thinks at this point during the season is really not as relevant as as uh, seeing him take the coaching, go on the field, and and prove why he's special. Uh, what you want in terms of input, and I, and I think that there's you know there, there's gradual uh, levels of of, uh, of involvement. You want Justin Fields involved in the in the game planning. You want him to uh, be in front of Luke Getze on fourth and one. And say, what do you like here? Um, uh, before mm -hmm. a series, you know, before you go out in the third quarter after you get stopped and the coming out of halftime, like, what do you think here? What's gonna What's gonna work? And and I think those are the kind of interactions. That's the kind of communication that maybe wasn't happening before, but, but needs to happen more. I would stop short at saying that 
you, you know, when, it, when he was being consulted about who the next coach should be and all those things, I, I don't think that was, was necessary. And, I, and I'm not sure that I would recommend that. I mean, he's a player that had yet to prove himself and still, frankly, has yet to prove himself. So I don't want those guys making policy decisions. I want them to be scoring touchdowns and getting first downs. So I think that there's uh, two different types of input and impact. And what I want Justin Fields to have input and impact on is the weekly game plan. Big picture stuff, let's leave that to the executives paid well to do that. Yeah, and we're still in October playing football too. So there's a plenty of time for Justin Fields to control not just the narrative of his career, but the Chicago Bears season as well. Uh, flipping it over to the other side of the football, David, um, I just wanted to ask you, uh, we haven't gotten a chance uh, to talk, but for my audience personally, um, what has maybe surprised you, or dare I say terrified you, the most about the Chicago Bears defense through the first uh, five games of the season? Well, I think the thing that really gives you uh, a pause is how many injuries they had in the secondary because I thought that they were the strongest unit on this team. And then you have played too long without Kyler Gordon, injured hand, Eddie Jackson with his foot, Jalen Johnson recently with a hamstring, and it's forced people who might not have been ready for those roles into bigger roles. And, yeah, they had a great outing against the commander, Sam Howell, threw, threw him the ball a little bit, and, and Greg Stroman, uh, somebody who had a nice homecoming back to the team that drafted him. You can't count on those types of things every week. So I think the biggest fear factor has come from, number one, they haven't been able to stay healthy. And I think that, you know, Jaquan Brisker has been down every game, it seems, after a big hit. And, and secondly, I, I still think that up front they give me some – concerns about their ability to get to the quarterback. You're going to have to do too many things that are out of character for a Matt Eberflus defense to rattle any quarterback. And you might have been able to do that with Sam Howell, who historically and notably holds on to the ball too long. But I don't think you're going to be able to have the same impact. You're not going to rattle Kirk Cousins, who has been in the league for 12 years and, and is a winning quarterback. So I still think that they have issues um, the most the most problematic one is, is their inability to get to the quarterback. And then the thirdly, I, I think their linebackers, starting with Tremaine Edmonds, he was signed to the big money contract. They decided to swap out Roquan Smith for Tremaine Edmonds because of one reason, his ability to get takeaways, his long, lean, lean athletic frame. And he's got to start having – he's making a lot of tackles, so is T.J. Edwards, but it's all about takeaways in this defense, so you need to start taking the ball away. We're here with uh, legendary scribe and 670 The Score's own David Haw here. Uh, so, David, it's Friday afternoon. We're cruising into the weekend. Do you have the Chicago Bears winning, coming out with a victory on the lakefront against Minnesota this weekend? I do, Joey. I think that I, I look at this game, and I think that the Vikings without Justin Jefferson are a team that the Bears not only can beat but should be. If you can't win this game without the best receiver in football, then – I think it could be another very long season. If you win two in a row, then you might have enough confidence to look at the Raiders and only the Raiders and don't look too far ahead because I would give you a straw to start looking through because you can't look beyond that when you're one and four and you've lost 14 of your last 15 games. I do think they can win on Sunday. They're going to be able to protect the football, get chunk plays, I, Joey, the, the, the most shocked I was this week was when I realized in, in reading, I think it was Patrick Finley in the Sun-Times, that the Bears are the third most explosive offense in football behind the Dolphins and Lions in terms of number of plays of 20 or more yards. That's a change 
in execution and production. And I didn't think we'd be saying that five games in. So I think that Brian Flores is going to come after Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is going to have an explosive play on the ground. I think DJ Moore is going to get loose in the air. And I think the Bears are going to score 31 points. They've been averaging uh, a lot of points in the last couple of weeks. And I think they score 31 on Sunday against the Vikings and they win 31 to 28. Um, heed those wise words, Bears fans, and not to get too far ahead of yourself. But that stat right there, it does. I think that speaks volumes to the offensive output and a lot of the optimism in Chicago from what we've seen from this team uh, the last two weeks. I've been around this team for a long time, covered a lot of Bears teams that have suffered at the quarterback position. The passing game has been a suggestion and a rumor more than a fact and a thing. And I have seen a lot of quarterbacks struggle one after another. I didn't think I'd get to the point where it's been very, I, I, I don't even know if I've ever experienced this, but there's only one quarterback in the NFL that has more touchdown passes than the Bears quarterback. Kirk Cousins has 13. Justin Fields is one of four quarterbacks with 11. He's been on fire. He has to protect the football. Seven of his last eight quarters are the type of winning football that you have been waiting to see if you've been watching Justin Fields since the 2021 draft. So continue those things. And when you have, a player, the caliber of DJ Moore, who is a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL, throw him the ball, throw him the ball, and then throw him the ball again. That's how you build a passing game. That's how you keep momentum on your side. Uh, and also with Roshan Johnson in concussion protocol, Khalil Herbert out of the game, Deontay Foreman's going to suit up. You're going to need Justin Fields, certainly, um, in, in his arm and that offense, hopefully carrying the day and Sunday. Real quick, before we get you out of here, David, I want to ask you a general Chicago sports question. Um, over the next couple of months, maybe, maybe roll it towards December if we want to. Um, what do you think you're going to get more calls on, or what do you think is going to have more Chicago fans putting eyeballs onto something? Is it Justin Fields? Is it Caleb Williams? Is it the Carolina Panthers or is it Connor Bedard? (laughs) Well, that's a great question because if hockey were as popular as it was in Chicago between 2010 and 2015, it'd be an easy question to answer. Connor Bedard would be the the answer to it. I I think that to me, that's, that's the most intriguing and, and, you know, I'm a hockey guy. So most, most exciting right now because of the unknown and the possibility, but it, it is, Still in Chicago, it, it's it's dropped off for a lot of reasons, and the organization's been through some tough times, but it's a new day. It's a new era, and there is Bedard Bedlam everywhere in Chicago. That said, I think whether it's going to be either Caleb Williams or Justin Fields, and those are the two guys that I think um, will be paired in a lot of Bears fans' minds. Not fairly mm-hmm. necessarily, but I do think that's natural and understandable. I would always add, offer this, Joey, before, before I get out of here. It's not fair in my mind to evaluate Justin Fields' progress based on a comparison to Caleb Williams. I think the criteria has to be consistent. And when we went back to the preseason, this was all about the No Excuses Tour, gauging progress from Justin Fields in ways that were fair to him and and based on the kind of quarterback he is. Keep with that. It's natural and understandable, and I'm part of it every morning, 5.30 to 10.00. The Caleb Williams thing is out there because the Panthers have the number one pick and the Bears own it. And the Panthers may not win a football game. But let's just try as as much as we can to have discipline in waiting till the end of the season to compare Caleb Williams and Justin Fields and which is the best answer for the Bears moving forward. I know how I feel today. 
on Friday the 13th about which quarterback I would align myself with organizationally for the future. To me, it's obviously Caleb Williams, but let's let this play out because I want to stay fair to Justin Fields. And he has begun this ascent that if he continues to do these good things that we've seen in seven of the last eight quarters, he is going to be a winning quarterback. It would be a great problem for the Bears to have at the end of this season to decide between sticking with Justin Fields after a resurgent season or drafting Caleb Williams, the best quarterback to come into the league since Andrew Luck. Uh, when you wake up in Chicago uh, in the morning time, as you mentioned, from 530 to 10, hop in your car, turn on Mully and Haw every single morning, or as like I do it, hop on the Odyssey app to make sure you check that out. Check out Take the North podcast. Uh, David, Godspeed fielding those calls, my friend, um, on a <laughs> daily basis. Um, it's, it's what the true professionals have to do. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time. It's always great to see you. Thank you for being so generous with your time, and I uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks, Joey. Had a lot of fun. Keep up the great work. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with my game prediction. Coming back here on Believe in Bears. Thank you so much to 670 The Scores, David Hoff, for hopping on. Um, I've always loved his perspectives. If you guys remember, this guy was in the Chicago Tribune wake of the news. He was the lead columnist for many, many years. And I would wake up early in the morning and read his columns. Um, and I take his perspectives very seriously. And thank you so much for coming on to the show. So just a quick solo preview. Uh, Bears-Vikings heading into the weekend. Both teams one and four. The loser of this game, clearly their season goes in a completely different direction. If you're the Minnesota Vikings, if they lose this game, you have to start thinking about, are they going to trade a guy like Daniel Hunter? Are they going to trade a guy like Kirk Cousins? Um, if the Chicago Bears lose, probably ho-hum business as usual. Um, and, and then they move forward and just you know continue probably being one of the bottom five teams in the NFL. If the Chicago Bears win, as we mentioned with David Haw, some Bears fans are out there counting the victories. If you can get to two and four, if you can play well, there is a scenario where all of a sudden, if you play the Raiders the next week, you get to three and four. Chicago Bears maybe get back into the race a little bit, but get back into comp uh, get into competition, not just maybe for the NFC North, but maybe sniff at a wild card and have some games to play for. And here's why this is important. As we've seen over Justin Fields the last two weeks, and if you're on Twitter, you'll see all the stats about how Justin Fields has been lighting it up. Seen quarterback stats that, honestly, in a Bears uniform, I probably have never really seen in my lifetime. I mean, Josh McCown got pretty damn close to these numbers uh, way back in the day, but we all knew that was short-lived. But for Justin Fields, I mean, again, I don't want to move off of this is a two-fold process for him. I mean, obviously, we'd love to see him push the ball down the field. Um We'd love to see the Chicago Bears coaching staff allow him to push the ball down the field and call up some shots that honestly accentuate and emphasize what made him so special. I will never understand how in week one, the Chicago Bears threw everything behind the line of scrimmage and were throwing screen passes with a guy whose best weapon is getting the ball down the field at least 20 to 25 yards. That being said, Coming into this one, this is an interesting game, a game that the Chicago Bears can win. And it would be one thing if the Bears put up 30 points and lose. I mean, I guess we can talk about the defense. But for Justin, you know, it really is about those four quarters. It's about playing well, not just in the first half, but in the second half. And we're starting to look at some of those numbers. And Justin Fields in the fourth quarter of games has, let's be honest, been put into bad situations, but also straight up hasn't played very well. So this is the type of game that I think we can get another well-rounded performance off of Justin. When we want to have that Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams conversation, 
first of all, I'm not even really willing to have that conversation just yet because I know it's really hard, even for the Carolina Panthers, as bad as they look right now, securing the number one pick in October is a really, really hard thing to do. So this is not a guarantee. But the Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams conversation, I just feel like at the very minimum, I need to see, you know, I put it on Twitter, over 6.5 more games-ish of what we've seen from Justin Fields the last two weeks to have that actually be a conversation of whether you stick with the guy or whether you would move on for a generational quarterback like a Caleb Williams or even a guy like Drake May, who's having a fantastic season at North Carolina. He's really come on over the last couple of weeks. So Justin needs to play well. As we're heading into this game, what are going to be the keys to victory? Look, I'm really hoping that this secondary that we've been so excited about before training camp that got hurt in training camp and has not played as a unit really pretty much all season long, I hope we see a lot of these guys out there. I mean, I would love nothing more to see a Jalen Johnson, Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson, Eddie Jackson, and Jaquan Brisker secondary out there against the Vikings this week. Look, Tyreek Stevenson, he has been getting shredded. This rookie has been getting picked on. But it is also fair to say that there's been times without Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon on the field that he might be the most talented cornerback that we have on the team right now. And this guy's a rookie. So, of course, he's getting picked on. I would love to see what it looks like when he has maybe a little bit more safety help. You know, maybe when we are drawing up a little bit more pressure, whether it is Jaquan Brisker, we can now bring him down into the box a little bit. Because we trust the other guys in the back end. And hopefully, we see we saw a defensive line last week. I got five sacks against Washington. I'm not saying they need to put up another five. But let's keep the momentum going. I saw some flashes from Jervon Dexter that I liked. Let's keep that rolling moving forward. Keep building on this. And I'm not saying that this defense is going to get any much better. But, man, it can't get any much worse than how it started the season. So if they can get a little bit better, that raises the floor. Justin Fields has already raised his floor a little bit, and now we're talking more about his ceiling than we're talking about his floor. Things could kind of start turning around a little bit for the Chicago Bears. Now, as I mentioned, a thing that concerns me just a little bit is I think one of the underrated players on the Bears offense the last couple weeks and pretty much all season has been Khalil Herbert. Dude's been in real, real deal threat, and he's going to miss some time now. You know, Roshan Johnson, he runs hard. He's a rookie. He's going to learn. Um, having him sit out, honestly, is more of a depth concern, really, for me. But not having Khalil Herbert out there, um, I think it is going to affect a little bit of how we operate on Sundays. I mean, I'm excited to see Deontay Foreman. Um, I hope this guy can – I mean, we, we feel confident that between the tackles, he can bruise and punish some people. But my question is, if we run some outside run scheme, or if we run a counter, does he have the speed to get to the edge and get out there? Um, it's going to be a really interesting thing to see. And then, of course, please, please, please – Bring your bring your pass blocking hat for this game just to help Justin out. So the running game is going to be a little bit thin, but that's okay. We still have Justin Fields throwing the football. We are comfortable now. Think about roll this back to a year ago when Getze and the coaching staff, for whatever reason, would only let Justin throw the ball 15 to maybe 18 times a game. We were dead last in pass attempts. And now it seems like they've got their head wrapped around the concept of Justin can throw the ball more than 30 times a game. And maybe, just maybe, that is now the path to success for the Chicago Bears that Justin Fields is throwing the football. He's going to have to in this, this game this week. There's a part of me that knows the Minnesota Vikings are down. No Justin Jefferson, great news. Jordan Addison actually popped up on the injury report. Also very good news. 
I also can't quite wipe away Kirk Cousins. I forgive me if I don't have the number. What did he go? 75 for 75. Um, he broke a Vikings record for completion passes in a row last season um, in a tough loss in Minnesota. Can't quite wipe that out of my head yet. The Chicago Bears defense isn't that quite different from the one that let him do that last year. So I know that they're down some guys, um, but they still have a pretty decent offensive line. And if Kirk Cousins has time to throw back there, he will connect some passes. I mean, honestly, I think TJ Hawkinson is in line for a huge game. And I'm kind of looking at the linebackers here. I'm looking at that secondary in the middle of the field when you're talking about a cover two shell. TJ Hawkinson right there is an is a, is an issue that I'm kind of keeping my eye on. I think the Chicago Bears can win. I'm going to go 31 to 24 Chicago Bears win in this game. I think hopefully the good times keep rolling. This is a great opportunity for another feel good game for Justin Fields at home. Think about that crowd at Den when we played them when we played the Broncos a couple weeks ago. We lost that game, but man, that crowd was frothing at the mouth, right? Well, now we get a Chicago Bears crowd that's coming off a win, a first win in over 346 games. I think Justin's going to play well. I think the good times keep rolling. I know DJ Moore, eventually everyone's going to start keying in on him. It's probably already going to start happening. But if you look it up, the Minnesota Vikings have already allowed 130 receiving yards or more to three different receivers this season. They can be beat. That defense is not very good outside of Hunter. I don't really know if there's anyone on that team right now that scares me. The Bears should be able to put up points at home. And again, this goes beyond just wins at this point. I mean, the Chicago Bears have to show themselves, the fan base, the rest of the NFL, that they are an actual team that, you know, coming into preseason, a lot of people pick them to improve. So you can't just go out there and get some sort of ugly win right now. It is coming down a little bit to style points just right now until you get back to that three and four, four and four mark. Um, because then it was going to be a little bit more about wins. But right now we have to continue to show progress, incremental progress offensively and defensively with the coaching staff, um, hopefully leading the charge um, to another victory. You go to two and four, and then you look forward um, to a schedule that, again, has some winnable games coming up, but you have to go one at a time. You can't skip steps if you're the Chicago Bears, and I think the Chicago Bears win 31 to 24 this was today's episode of believe in bears right here i'm joey christopoulos follow me at joey sports guy Corey will be back next week today's episode was presented by betonline.ag uh, make sure you use promo code bleav when you go to betonline.ag and guess what you'll get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit thank you so much for listening to this podcast thank you so much for checking us out wherever you get your podcast listening to us on sirius xm uh, maybe you're watching us on uh sports talk chicago on youtube Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we are Believe in Bears. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Thanks again to David Haw. Uh, bear down, guys. Maybe this season, maybe, just maybe this season still has a pulse. Let's find out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.